room service. I'm complaining about the horse hair mattress. No, horse hair, not horse's head. Welcome to the Ferrari Hub Podcast, where we will be talking Ferraris. And now your host, Andy Rasul. Welcome everybody to episode 9 of the Ferrari Hub Podcast, where we are talking Ferraris. Today's episode is an interview with a Ferrari owner by the name of Tim. And we discuss the collection of his F12 TDF, which was a very special car in itself. We, we discussed the collection of the car from the Ferrari factory. But unlike any other collection of any vehicle that I've heard of before, this collection is totally unique. Um, I did not even know that this was possible uh, because Tim actually spent the night before he collected the car in Enzo's house which is situated in the Fiorano racetrack. Absolutely amazing experience, he talks about the whole thing and so it's a real treat to hear what that was all about, what it involved, how it was set up and everything like that. Um, So that's episode 9, this is actually a two-part episode so part one was last week where we actually discussed his F12 TDF and how he specced the car and what made that car particularly unique. It's a it's a one-off, um, the way that the vehicle has been designed. The, the design of it is the same, but the, the way the vehicle has been specced, it's, it's an absolute one-off, um, both on the exterior and the exterior. And we talk about that whole process in last week's episode. So if you want to listen to that, that's ferrarihub.com forward slash EP8. And this week's episode is ferrarihub.com forward slash EP9. And you can go to that link and see all the show notes. So everything that we'll be describing in the podcast episode today, you can go to EP9 and have a look at it there. Before I go any further, I just wanted to say thank you very much to everybody who's listening, because not only does it inspire me to do more, but it's great to know that you guys are listening and you guys are appreciating it and you're coming back week after week to hear more about Ferraris. So thank you for that. But a particularly heartfelt thanks to all of you, because what's actually happened in the last week is we went to number one in iTunes. And it's it's hard to imagine that we've gone to number one so quickly, but we, we achieved it. And it's only been about seven weeks since we launched. So the fact that we've gone in at number one was amazing. I did not expect that to happen so quickly. And I'm really thankful to all of you for helping us achieve that. And the way that we achieved that was because obviously the number of listeners on iTunes, um, but also the number of people who subscribe and also um, the number of, of reviews that we receive. So if you if you have subscribed, thank you very much. If you've left a review, I thank you again. Um, but if you haven't, then please go to iTunes and leave us a review on there. And um, yeah, and hopefully we can re- we can uh, we can keep that spot. We've actually have slipped. I had a check today. Uh, we're down to number two. So one of our episodes has um, slipped down to number two, and another one is at number four. And in the top twenty-four, I think we've got about five episodes, which is amazing in itself because some of these episodes are from right at the beginning. So the fact that they're still so high up. Uh, is a huge, um, huge achievement in itself. And, you know, once again, thank you. I mentioned back in episode one that we were, we had, we had uh, a section on the website, which was in beta, beta testing, and we hadn't 
fully finished that particular part of the site yet. Uh, and if you don't know what I'm talking about, it's um, there's a section on the site called spotting, and that that particular part was um, it was still under development. It is still under development. There's still some more things that are going to be added, but I'm happy to say that we're now in version two of spotting. So what what is spotting about? Well, simply it's uh, a place where people can come and they can see uh, particular model details, cars that have been spotted. Um, so currently we've got over 150 cars on there already and that number is going to increase day on day um, so and, and version 3 will allow uh, users to be able to upload their own pictures uh, so similar to other spotting sites out there we know that there's a lot of um, uh, Ferrari enthusiasts out there who uh, take a lot of pictures and they want those to be hosted somewhere what we're doing is we're pulling that together for Ferrari only content so with other sites they have a lot of different cars in there here we're looking to capture all the best Ferrari pictures. So do go and check out um, our spotting section. It's on the menu at the top. Since the last episode, we've had a number of things go live on the site. There's always uh, daily articles which are going live. Um, but in particularly, we've, we, we've uh, had some great articles go live on the jewel section. So in keeping with last week's theme, which was the tailor-made F12 TDF, we were able to find a tailor-made FF. And it's an absolutely stunning car, really beautiful car um, that's available through a dealership here in London, in the UK. Um, but this particular uh, FF, uh, what makes it so unique is the exterior is beautiful in terms of the colour and the specification of the exterior. But the interior, the seats are completely different uh, in terms of their, um, their style. But also, it's something that you just don't see in Ferraris nowadays, which is wood. The car has real wood inside and it's a beautiful execution of the um, the specification that was chosen um, so it's worth checking that one out so that's our car for friday our car on monday was an extremely rare one of six ferrari sergio uh, which was um, produced in 2014 2015 uh, it's the first ferrari sergio that's ever come to market so it's a really unique car and it's uh, yeah. So our jewel article is all about that particular car, and the car itself has a bit of a history in the sense that it was actually uh, made in honor of Sergio Pininfarina, uh, who died in 2012. So in 2013, I think it was Ferrari released concept uh, models of the car, and in 2014 they actually bought the car to market. And there's only six made, and this is the very first one that's actually made it to uh, the used market. So do check that out. Both those articles can be found on uh, by going to uh, www.ferrarihub.com forward slash drool, D-R-O-O-L. Or you can check out our other articles by going to ferrarihub.com forward slash articles. I'm excited to announce that there's something new that we're launching next week. Unfortunately, I can't tell you what it is because we haven't actually launched it yet and it's just not quite ready uh, but we hope to have it ready in the next couple of days and next week in next week's episode we're looking to launch it so it's going to be a new part to the website itself uh, and it's been something that's actually been requested um, by our listeners and our readers people have come to us and said giving us suggestions as to why don't you do this and with so many people saying it to us we thought it's probably 
uh, a good thing to listen to, you know, and a good thing to add onto the sites. So we have a surprise for you all, which is all uh, going to be announced next week, hopefully, as long as everything is completed in, in this week. No sponsor advert today, because I only have one request for you today, and that is to head over to our site and subscribe. So in order to do that, you just need to go to www.ferrarihub.com forward slash subscribe, enter your name and your email address. We will send you a free ebook via email and we'll also keep you up to date with the latest happenings on Ferrari Hub. Now straight in to our interview with our guest, Tim. Tim, it's been fascinating hearing about sort of the birth of your TDF, um, but we've, we've got another surprise for our listeners and that's really to do with the collection of your TDF. And as, as special and as unique as your TDF is, the collection was probably equally as special and equally as unique. So why don't you tell us a little bit about um, how, how you came to collect your vehicle? Um, absolutely, Andy. Uh, I suppose it's easiest to start with the fact that the very first Ferrari I ever bought um, was when I had done uh, my first deal and I sent every single penny um, down to Marinello's. I had nowhere to live, mm -hmm. um, but I wanted a Ferrari more than anything. Mm -hmm. And I bought then a uh, 512 Boxer. Wow. And when I took delivery of that at the factory, the factory was on strike. Um, the car was parked in front of Villeneuve's um, F1 car mm -hmm. uh, and we had to push it out under cover of darkness without starting the engine so as not to alert the strikers wow <laughs> um, and how you know is the sort of the most is somewhat ironic insofar as there you have the uh, I suppose the most capitalistic um, representation you know or represented by a car capitalism at its very height in the shape of a Ferrari uh, and yet you have a strike by then communist workers and there was a sort of delicious irony in that. So that was going back in time when I collected my first Ferrari. Um, and this was completely the other end of the spectrum. Mm. Because um, situated in the middle of Fiorano, which is, you will know, Andy, is the test track yes. next door to the factory, yeah. is uh, Enzo Ferrari's old farmhouse, known as Casa Ferrari. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's currently used um, on... Uh, well, I, when they used to test F1 cars there, mm -hmm. it was um, used for uh, the drivers to spend the night. Right. Um, and uh, it had all been modernized. And um, I think that was its original use was purely uh, for the F1 drivers. And there right. was a changing room downstairs. Um, and that was about it. Mm. They'd also kept downstairs, which I'd read about. And so on one of my trips to Fiorano, I'd managed to get into mm. behind a paneled wall, a sort of perspex, red perspex paneled wall. Um, if you're lucky enough, you can get in there. And there is Enzo's office, frozen in time for just from just before he died. Wow. So you have this sort of contrast between a, a red perspex wall mm -hmm. and a very contemporary Italian sort of B&B Italia interior. Mm. And then you go through this door, secret door, and you're just transported back um, to the late 80s wow. um, with a you know, rotary dial telephone mm -hmm. um, and, uh, you know, his old phone. I mean, just everything, literally, mm. as he left it. Anyway, I'll come back to that in a moment. Mm. Um, and 
anyway, I then found out, and I'm not quite sure, either through my dealer or through um, my friend, mm. that uh, Casa Ferrari could be uh, hired. Right. So I did some further investigation and uh, discovered that in point of fact, this was correct. And what you had was now the farmhouse as it was, mm. the office was still as it uh, has always been, but that the first floor was now converted into um, a, an apartment. Right. And that the top floor was effectively off limits because that was still used for F1 drivers visiting. Mm-hmm. Um, but that the first floor and the effectively the rest of the building could be used. So um, we went in, in more detail. And, uh, um, of course, Ferrari being Ferrari, um, <laughs> they just... It's only a one-bedroom apartment, mm. um, but they hang a sort of insane price on it. But by then, you're thinking, I mean, you know, how often, how many times in my life am I going to yeah. pick up you know, yeah. a limited edition, tailor-made Ferrari? Yeah. Well, the answer is, you know, it's, it's going to be a once, well, hopefully twice, but you know, it'll be a very rare event. Yes, indeed, indeed. So at that stage, you're thinking, well, look, I've gone for the Pecora, I've gone for the special paint, mm. I've gone for all these you yeah. know, outrageous options. Mm. Um, this is just really another tick on the spec sheet. Sure. Um, and uh, if I could actually collect my car, especially bearing in mind, as I said earlier in this chat, mm. um, that you know, I, I feel a sort of vague connection with Enzo. He had bothered to write to me. You know, I have still got his letter. Yeah. I thought as a sort of, a neat way to square the circle to actually take delivery in his house to sign the delivery papers on his desk. Wow. Um, would just be for me as a, you know, I suppose a historic fan. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it would just be the icing on the cake. Anyway, Fantastic. so um, it was duly arranged and it's only, it's a one bedroom apartment. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's obviously steeped in memorabilia, mm. you know, models. And it's just all, um, you know, there's a sort of wall of fame of all the drivers. And, and it's just, you know, there's no question when you wake up, you, you know, you don't wonder where you are. Mm. It's, it's Ferrari everywhere. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, anyway, so um, we went out the night before, uh, spent the night in Casa Ferrari. And... Um, at that stage, uh, we had Marcioni's uh, helicopter sitting there because um, he was in the factory and said the whole place was closed down. It wasn't actually allowed out of the house for two oh, hours right. while he was around. Right, right. Um, anyway, and then that evening after we'd had dinner, I just went wandering around Fiorano because effectively you've got Fiorano to yourself. <laughs> um, and you, know, you wander through the garages and you wander on the track and there's something yeah. just... You know, you realize what's gone on in the Soak past. Soak it all in, yeah. Yeah, so exactly. Yeah. Um, and then I went back and I, um, they left, very kindly, they left uh, Enzo's office for me. Mm-hmm. And I sat in his desk and I just thought of the, the names who'd been sitting opposite. Gosh. You know, Villeneuve or Mansell or Surtees. I mean, it's just, yeah. you know, it just goes on and on, the, 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 that incredible heritage. You know, the furniture hasn't been changed. It is just a time machine. Mm. Um, looking through, you know, I mean, rather rudely, but I couldn't resist it. You look through the drawers. Yeah, yeah. Um, and there are his old menthol cigarettes. Uh, there's an address book on his, uh, on the desk. Um, and, you know, the sort of names of, you know, Michelotto or whoever it may be, mm. you know, in there. I mean, it's just redolent with, 
you know, Ferrari DNA. It's just... And it's really just, just as he left it. I mean, this isn't... It's as he left it. Yeah, There's I mean... There's no, no stage set. No, no stage set to it. No. It's as he left it. Yeah. You know, I mean, and when I say as he left it, I mean the uh, the leather of the uh, dress book uh, is turning to dust. Wow. You know, it's it's just really... It is very original. It's... Mm. And I, I, I wonder whether, I mean, fine, I'm a lover of the brand and have huge respect for mm, it. Mm. And therefore, one treats it and the privilege you've been given with a certain amount of respect. Yeah. Um, you know, you don't go sort of, um, you know, uh, I don't know. I mean, for example, there was an old um, visiting card, Enzo Ferrari visiting card. Mm. Well, there were two of them. You know, how many people would have been tempted? This is an Enzo Ferrari, you know, visiting card yeah not just to take one yeah yeah do you know what i mean but it, you know it's, it's something very special but it's not you just feel this is somewhere i have to behave i i, mm. I just you know you, you can't defame it in any way yeah you feel very privileged to be that and it has to be treated with respect and i'm amazed that it's been allowed to be treated like that because i'm sure there are going to be people who may be newer to the brand, mm. who will just think, oh, nice, visiting card. Yes, mm. well, there's a spare. I'll take that as a souvenir. Yeah. Well, one of the things that you hear time and time again from car people in general, but in particular from Ferrari owners, is that we're not really owners. We're just the custodians of the cars. And perhaps that's one of the reasons why that, you know, his office has been able to sort of survive without you know things going missing and you know because people recognize that actually you know we're just in an extremely fortunate position to be able to visit places like that and own cars like these um and you know we're really looking after it for the next generation to come i think to a degree I mean, it's the patek philippe sort of syndrome isn't it mm. to a degree that's right but i think on the other hand like any powerful brands you get um different buyers mm. you get those like us who are just lovers and passionate for the brand and yeah. have been yeah and then you'll get those who are just are totally new to the brand don't understand the history mm. um and you know have just made some money and want to spend it yeah yeah um and i don't think they will show the respect that uh something like this or this very special place like this deserves mm. yeah Anyway, just a short circuit that, Andy, because I could bang on about Calvin Ferrari, <laughs> you know, because it was a it was a wonderful experience. Yes. Deeply uncomfortable, horsehair mattress, absolute you know, worst night's sleep I can recall. <laughs> um, and you know, uh, and the most expensive worst night's sleep. But still, you get up in the middle of the night mm. and you just wander around, and you know, you just think this is just so special. Yes. So then, next morning, they serve you a wonderful breakfast, and uh, then again, um, I just when it was sort of fog by morning i just walked around the track mm. um in the fog and uh then the delivery of the car uh my dealer who had been staying in the local hotel he came over mm -hmm. and we had the papers and so i sat at enzo's desk again and uh again and this will seem probably rather childish to many of your listeners but he always used to sign all his documents with violet ink oh right purple ink right and so i thought well i've just got to finish this off yeah, so i therefore yeah. signed all my delivery papers at his desk in violet ink fantastic um and uh then the car and 
And at this stage, had you had you seen the car, or was this really no. you hadn't? Okay, right, well. No. Um, and uh, you're still a little bit nervous because mm. you know full well that you know Grigio Tenia would have worked fine. You know, mm. you know Ferro, Silverstone, they would have worked fine. You're not quite sure. Mm. You know, why hasn't this color been used on another Ferrari? Yeah, yeah. You know, it's it sort of suggests maybe it's not a very nice color. Mm. And therefore, that's the reason why no one's used it. Not that it's just the best color ever that's laid hidden in a box for yeah. years, yeah. only now been discovered by me. Yeah. Um, so uh, then you know, the car was presented. Um, and funnily enough, you almost don't really mind what the color is because you're by then so consumed by the whole experience mm. um, that you're just thrilled that there is a limited edition Ferrari, um, you know, in your tailor-made spec. Mm. Um, and it's your car. Um, and very sweetly, the uh, my friend, the CEO of FNE, had come down and so he was there for the delivery with me. Right. Um, and which sort of added, I suppose, to the specialness of the occasion. Mm. Um, and, uh, you know, your first thought when I saw the car was it was under um, fairly harsh uh, sort of showroom light right. uh, at the in the delivery bay. Mm. Uh, and then it was driven around to um, outside. And as I said, it's one of those colors that just mutates. Mm. And it goes from a color which in some sort of slightly orange light, which I think is what they have in the delivery bay, mm -hmm. didn't sort of go, mm, I was a bit iffy about it. And then yeah. under a sort of a clearer light, it becomes really rather wonderful. Yes, yes. Um, and uh, anyway, so, and then when you see it with the interior against it, and then when I opened the door, and then I saw we had Vettel's signature, and then I saw we had Raikkonen's signature. Wow. Um, and then the whole package together, when you view the interior with the exterior, mm. which, of course, one had never been able to do before. Mm. Um, that's when I realized, yeah, as far as I was concerned, I'd achieved what I wanted. Ferrari had delivered. We mm. had a, you know, a special, a unique one-off car. Mm. Um, and therefore, the whole experience from you know, cradle to grave had just been fantastic. There had been struggles along the way. The paint samples, the car was nearly mm. nine months to a year later than I should have received it. Yeah. Um, oh, wow. But, okay. but it, you know, we had what we wanted. Mm. The brief had been fulfilled. And... Um, uh, I really, I, mean, I, I couldn't be happier. Just fantastic. So, so from the point of where you actually thought, yes, I want to place an order now for a TDF, to the point where you took delivery of the car. Sort of, how much time had elapsed over that time period? Well, I was initially told that I was uh, potentially going to be allocated a car um, just before the official announcement of the TDF. Mm -hmm. So I'm not quite sure when that was. Four years ago? Right. Okay. I would imagine. Yeah. Um, we then went through the excitement of, and that's the wonderful thing with Ferrari, when you order a new model, is you're sort of ordering relatively blind. Mm. So when I was asked if I'd like a, a TDF, um, it was then described as a GTO. Mm. Obviously, I said, well, you know, I mean, you know, obviously, yes, please. Yes. Yeah. Um, and... Uh, so then you have the first sort of spy shots of it. Then you have the private presentation in Marinello. Mm. Um, and uh, then you have the first road test. And so this 
sort of journey um, unfolds in front of you. And whilst it may have taken four years, including the uh, poor paint experience and everything else, mm. um, it's a wonderful journey to go on. And it's almost more exciting than the, the touching down and the delivery of the car at the end. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and you just live this on a daily basis, mm. you know, thinking about and shall I tweak my spec and what about if I did that? And, mm. um, and so the delay really wasn't an issue. But I would have thought um, from when I was first told, and then there was a dodgy moment when I was told maybe my allocation would be withdrawn. Oh, gosh. Because the, because the demand for the car had been stratospherically high. Mm. Um, and so they wanted details of my other Ferraris and, um, you know, uh, and that thankfully just. Know, push them mm. over the edge and so i was then allocated reinst yeah. reinstated as yeah well. yeah um and so it was a it was a you know three and a half four year journey mm. um but uh, a very enjoyable one but that just makes the whole every time i imagine that you sit inside the car and you recall all these moments you know it just makes the whole ownership experience and driving experience so much more you know it's not just a standard car that you're you know, that you've you've purchased and you spec'd in a certain way. You know, there's so many special moments that you've described along the way, um, which make this car not just unique, but unique for you as well. You're, you're absolutely right. I mean, it is, as I said, it is the journey. Mm. Yeah, and the one thing that makes Ferraris so different, I mean, I happen to think the TDF is the best-looking Ferrari since the 275. Mm. I think mm. it's, a, it's a wonderful it is. evolution yeah. from the pure elegance mm. of... Pininfarina, mm. which is then that's the sort of the Pininfarina gene, which has then been infected by a Manzoni virus, mm. and yeah. it's you know before we go to the eight one two, this is a I think a just a, a wonderful halfway house mm. showing the evolution between Pininfarina and Centrostilo, and so you're you're seeing that sort of um, mutation um, in design direction. Yeah. Um, and the you know so I could look at this car all day long. I just think it's a staggering looking car. Mm. Uh, but then, as you rightly say, when you sit in the car, and I mean, I've, you know, we all would have read in our papers yesterday about um, Elon Musk and Tesla's new Roadster and naught mm. to sixty in one point nine seconds and you know everything else. Mm. I you know a Tesla that's quicker than a TDF. Mm. But um, that's just a way of getting from A to B. Yeah, you know, this is just you are you sit in the car. It has that sort of smell. I, I don't understand it. It's mm. all new Ferraris. I haven't got any leather in the car, and yet it just smells special. Yeah, yeah. And you sit in there, and you can't help but feel privileged, fortunate, mm. excited. Yeah. Um, uh, slightly uh, intimidated, I have to say. Mm. Um, it's just a, a wonderful place to be. And as you rightly say, because of the Pecora, mm. you're reminded of the story that went with the car. You're reminded of the history of the brand. Yeah. Um, and so it is each time I get into that car, you know, the next time being tomorrow, mm. it's an experience. Tim, it's amazing sort of hearing the, um, you know, the passion coming through in what you're saying. And a lot of our listeners are very passionate about the cars that they own and the cars that they aspire to own. And I mean, we haven't even spoken about the F40 LM, um, which I hope to speak to you about um, on a future episode because it's been through an amazing restoration um you know which will be fascinating to listen to as well i'm sure yep no be very happy to do that strange enough that took we say four years for the tdf mm. it was the same for the lm four years wow. since standard period <laughs> you're obviously a very patient man um I, I i like to ask 
my listeners uh, a final question before we sort of wrap up. And um, in your case, Tim, I mean, you, you've, you own and have owned some amazing cars over the years. But for you, I'm sure that there's still something that you aspire to own um, from the Marinello collection. So what would be the ultimate Ferrari for you? Money, no object. Which Ferrari would you buy? Um, really, I think there are two cars. Mm-hmm. One's a race car, one's a road car. Okay. Um, the road car is more realistic because it's um, something which I would like to try and achieve in my life. Uh, and I could drive and I could fully enjoy. The mm-hmm. race car would be beyond my skills. So, um, so different. So which, which, which road car would you... Would the you road use? car would be a 275 GTB4. Oh, well, gosh. Lovely car. Um, and uh, why? I suppose that's one of the reasons why I love the look of the TDF because mm-hmm. there is so much of the... Uh, the back end of the GDB yeah. is there is so much uh, clearly visible mm. in the back end of the TDF. And this is what um, I think we both went to the Manzoni. Did you go to the Manzoni lecture, Andy? At, um, the, the I Center? wasn't able to attend. I was there the day before, actually. But um, um, yeah. Well, he's, you know, he said that they won't do retro. Right. Um, but they are very keen on picking up elements of their past, details of their past, and applying them to their current cars. Mm. Um, so as to provide that historical link. And it's quite clear, the 275, uh, to a degree, the GTO and so forth, mm. is all over the back end of the TDF. Mm. And I think it's very um, clever how they've done that with the TDF. Uh, very but, clever. Yeah. Very clever. Yes. I think it's got the best back end of any car, mm. full stop. I just think yeah. it's absolutely delicious. Yes, yes. Um, so it would have to be the 275. It's one of the earliest Ferraris I was driven in. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just thought, this is magic. It has everything that I think made, or at the time, made Ferrari what it, what it is today. Mm. It was, you know, for the time it was, you know, fairly brutal. It was a very fast car. It was just so elegant mm. um, for a fast car. Aerodynamics hadn't really come into play. Yeah. So it was what fell off the designer's pen, not dictated by a wind tunnel. Yeah, And I just find it a, a, just a beautiful shape. When you get to the, you look under the bonnet, Okay, it's very impressive when you look under the bonnet of a TDF and you see all the carbon fiber and the red crackle cam covers and all of this sort of thing. Mm. You look under the bonnet of an old car, like a 275. Mm. I mean, from the oil filters to the, uh, to the cam covers to the... I mean, everything. Everything is just a work of art under that. Mm. Yeah. And then you go in, inside, you look at the indicator stalks or the instruments, you know, the Velia instruments... They're just, um, they are works of art. They are just classics of their type. Mm. It's almost like you've got sort of a row of Patek Philippe instruments. And yeah. then these deliciously thin um, indicator stalks mm. or the, the Nardo, the wood steering wheel. Um, I just think it's just uh, in, yeah. inside and out of its time. Beautiful. The detailing, the styling, the sheer class and elegance of it mm. is breathtaking. No, that's a fantastic choice. I have to say, I do love that. And you mentioned a race car as well. Which, which particular race car? I've always had a thing for um, a car called the 312 PB. Okay. Which was a flat 12 um, car which raced, I think, in the 70s. Uh, Regazzoni and one or two others raced it. Mm-hmm. It was really a T3 with um, closed bodywork. 
and uh, it won something ridiculous like 16 of the 17 races it was entered into uh, and it's just a beautiful I think it's just the most beautiful looking race car let alone the sound of course mm. flat 12 on a race you know with a race engine and clean pipes oh just magic yeah 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 no, that, that's another stunning choice and you you, you mentioned that um, that's possibly something that um, will, will be more difficult to achieve is that because of the the value of them now and the rarity yes. Yes. yes, the value. Yes, you know, a GTB four. You know, I could sell the TDF, I could sell the LM, mm. um, and I could you know, just about you know squeeze into a GTB four. Mm. Um, but a you know three one two PB, they must be what ten twelve million now. Mm. Yeah. So yeah. you know, and then you get to that stage. Okay, I use my LM on the track, and you can't help but be aware of the value of the car when you're driving it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but then multiply that markedly for a PB. And I question whether you'd actually get enough enjoyment out of it, knowing that you really couldn't afford to drive it hard. Do you know off the top of your head how many 312 PBs were made? I don't. I don't. No. I should do. I, there's very few. It's about six or seven, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll try and find that out and add it to the show notes as well. But um, two great choices there. Tim, um, just wanted to say thank you very much for your time. Uh, it's been fascinating learning about the whole um, tailor-made experience, um, hearing about the way that you spec your car and the special um, materials that have been used on your vehicle, which makes it so unique, uh, and also hearing about the uh, collection process, um, which made the whole purchasing of the tdf so much more um if that was even possible before but you know it certainly sounds like an amazing way to collect a car from from uh, marinello uh well yeah simply put andy the, the entire journey from you know start to finish you know from uh the announcement of the car to collecting the cars of ferrari uh i mean unparalleled and I, I dare to say unbeatable i just can't think of a a better experience that you could have mm. um, if you are aware of the history and love the brand and have the just the sheer, I suppose, enthusiasm and passion that many of us share for it. It's, yeah. it's just fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. Great, great. Well, Tim, thank you very much once again and look forward to talking to you uh, in yeah. the future on the um, F40LM. Sure. Andy, thank you so much. Cheers. As you probably sense, I really enjoyed that interview with Tim. Uh, it was really fascinating to hear about the whole tailor-made experience in episode in, verse, in uh, part one of this episode, but also to hear about the collection of the car. And I hope that one day I'm in a position to be able to experience the same. As I mentioned earlier, if you can subscribe to us on our websites, that would be most appreciated. Um, the way that subscription works is different on our website compared to iTunes. Unfortunately, the subscription in both places does not cross-relate. Uh, so if you can go to our website, if you haven't done already, and subscribe uh, by going to ferrarihub.com forward slash subscribe. Or, and if you're listening on iTunes, you can just simply subscribe directly to the podcast on iTunes. The podcast on iTunes will give you the uh, the episodes directly onto your phone, whereas the subscription on the website actually keeps you up to date with everything that we're doing on the website itself, which will include the episodes as they are released, but also you will get to hear about all the other things that we're doing on the website itself.
That's all for now. Look forward to serving you next week. For now, ciao.